you for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest this episode is my uh, my friend Anton Chuvakin. So, Anton, if you would like to introduce yourself for anyone who somehow doesn't know who you are. Well, thank you for for the invitation, of course. And uh, my introduction is much harder. I used to be a Gartner analyst, and it was much easier for me to say, I'm a Gartner analyst, and everybody's like, yeah, we got it. Now I work for Google in uh, in a set of roles connected to sort of sort of uh, security marketing, security technology development. It's a uh, sort of a broad role at Google Cloud. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. That is the it is a little bit more challenging. Both both because uh, it you know it's not as simple as just saying I'm a Gartner analyst, and and also because of the you know, kind of when you left Gartner and joined Chronicle and then that whole thing, you know, it's all kind of all mm -hmm. gone through a, an evolution mm -hmm. of sorts. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing I want to, so, you know, there are two uh, kind of main reasons uh, that I really wanted to have you uh, on as my guest. And that is, um, uh, number one, I know that, uh, you know, you've been recently doing uh, the XDR demo uh, days uh, forum, the demo forum with uh, Richard Steenen. Um, and so you've, you, you've had a, 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 an intimate look at a lot of, like a lot <laughs> of <laughs> XDR uh, uh, entries in the market. Um, and then also, you know, just to kind of dial it way back for those who don't know, but you know, during your, your, your tenure as a Gartner analyst, you are, uh, you know, basically credited it as the the father of EDR. You you know you you, you have credit for coining the term EDR, um, and um, so let's let's actually start there. I, I wanted to get your you know as as the, the the person who who you know coined EDR. What are your thoughts on you know from from that point, uh, getting from EDR, and now we've got MDR, we've got XDR, you know. Are these things different? Are they natural evolutions of each other? Do they? Uh, does one fit in the other? Like, does does do you have to have EDR and MDR in order to have XDR? So, well, one thing that it teaches us, uh, which is pretty uncontestable, that uh, the all of the quote unquote DRs indicate that we have this revived focus on detection and response. And uh, to start from a hundred thousand view foot view. We we all were taught this triad for prevention, detection, response for that goes way back to I guess quarter of a century, if not half a century. Yet when I was an analyst covering detection, sim, other things, I've seen a lot of people who think of the detection, prevention, detection, response triad as prevention, prevention, prevention triad. They really just try to build higher walls. So to me, we have we live in this continuous refocusing to more DNR. So more acronyms, more technologies, to me is a consequence of DNR reasserting its place in the triad. At least that's the kind of slightly philosophical view. As far as the other, <clears throat> and of course you mentioned, you didn't mention NDR, the network detection response, which is the evolution of all this anomaly detection to, to some extent IDS as well. Now, I, think that we have too many acronyms. I mean, that's a fact, but some of them are easier to kind of pull apart and define. EDR is, of course, the endpoint detection and response. And my initial vision for EDR back from 2013 was that it's a detection response tech that you deploy on your endpoint, be, be it a client or a server. 
I did not think about the cloud. I did not think about microservices or containers or anything else of that sort in 2013. So EDR was the endpoint focused tech deployed on a server or a client, usually a client. Now, MDR, frankly, has nothing to do with it. Uh, MDR is uh, another analyst creation, and the that analyst was observing a lot of failure in the MSSP market, managed security services market. So MDR can humorously be defined as MSSP that actually works. And this is uh, this is not in any Gartner material for sure, yet it's the underlying theme that MDR is the managed security service that actually detects threats. Now, MDR is, of course, about people. So confusing MDR with anything else to me is confusing renting people with buying tech. That part's clear. Right. But I think at this point, we are done with clear parts. Everything else is fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Uh, and, and you know, I think everything is. And, um, you know, one of the things that... Uh, is interesting to me, and, and and I think we're definitely in this in this stage with XDR is as things uh, are introduced to the market, you know, as the you know the, the new things come along, there's always this period of uh, having it gain mainstream traction, and as it does, just trying to work out what is the definition of that thing. Um, and you know, when I was uh, in my previous role, when I was at Alert Logic. Um, you know, we went through this whole thing with MDR where we were like, okay, well, everyone is talking about MDR, but like, what are we, how do we define what is MDR? Like, you know, are, what are the sort of core criteria that if you don't have these things, you can't say you're, you're doing MDR. Um, and I feel like XDR is, is kind of in that phase now. Um, there's a lot of different things out there. I, I'm not going to name names, but I believe there's one vendor out there who's presenting their product as like xdr 3.0 and i'm like we haven't even done 1.0 we're talking about um you know <laughs> or you know it's like so so it, you know and 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 this is i think a good a good uh, segue into kind of what you've been looking at recently with the xdr demo forum which is giving you so you have the tremendous insight into all of the flavors of what vendors are putting out there and and, and calling xdr um I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put you on the spot to be the 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 father of coining. You know what is XDR, but just in your opinion, you know, are there some core elements like you have to do this or it's not XDR? Honestly, and if you want a short answer, no. I think that the uh, MDR had it easy because the MDR converged quite quickly, and uh, yes, it was. Uh, you know. It became a buzzword. Some of the old-style MSSPs cannibalized it. But to me, the the history of the term MDR was a lot less torturous. And it was very clear where you latch MDR. It is a managed service. You latch it to, well, detection and response. You latch it to renting people from a provider. Uh, XDR is a lot more difficult because <clears throat> even though a Forrester analyst have coined the term, the definition sort of didn't follow it very closely. As of today, uh, and if this is, I'm going to like read from a blog post uh, called Anton and the Great XDR Debate, part one. <laughs> yes, that part one. Uh, but the idea is that there are some competing divisions of XDR. 
and to me they are they need to be recon re they need to be a reconciliation before we have a broad adoption i don't think that the camp that believes that xdr is an improved edr that's an edr that does more stuff outside of the endpoint is definitely a uh, a strong camp and uh, the obviously Forrester and some of the notable and, and frankly, very smart analysts are in that camp. They believe that XDR is an extension of EDR that also preserves EDR centrality. So I call it somewhat cynically an improved EDR as a definition for XDR. That, that I mean, I'm not the one to judge, but to me, this definition <clears throat> has a right to exist. For obvious reasons, there are vendors who are doing exactly that. They're extending EDR to other things. They collect logs. Some of them collect traffic. You, your employer collects traffic on the endpoint, right? So, so in that sense, that definition is logical, but it has some opponents. And some opponents include people who think of XDR as a detection and response stack that sort of combined together from multiple technologies, sometimes multiple vendors. And the second camp, I like to think of it as uh, UTM for detection and response. You know, unified threat management, like Firewall Plus, other stuff. So the second camp is basically XDR as a UTM, like an analogy, for detection and response. It's a bundled approach, integrated approach of things like maybe endpoint, maybe network, maybe other stuff. So to me, this is a, a strong camp. Uh, they have also decent fact base behind it. They they all acknowledge EDR importance, but they are not about seeing this as evolution of EDR. They think of it as maybe a little bit closer to SIM, like a well-integrated SIM with great detections and endpoint data collection. So that's the second camp. I, I also have all the respect for that camp because there's logic for it. There are customers who are asking for a very tightly integrated detection stack. They do not want to duct tape their SIM for two years before it delivers what they wanted. But to muddy matters even further, some of the SIM vendors have embraced this definition and they are kind of jumping into that and saying, well, we are SIM, but we are also XDR because we are a great platform for detection and response. So these are two camps. Uh, there's also a camp of XDR being EDR plus NDR, like an endpoint detection plus network detection. This camp very often excludes logs from their definition to not look like SIM. Hmm. So to me, these three are the ones I've seen the most. And <clears throat> who is winning or are they converging are two questions you probably want to ask, right? Well, yeah, I, mean, I, that, I think those are fair questions. So who's winning is easy. I'm not sure. Because sometimes my, my intuition tells me that the XDR as an improved EDR is not going to have the big future because it's sort of like the, the path that would not match the realities of software as a service, cloud computing. So... If you are EDR-centric, how would you deal with microservices? And of course, people in that camp say, well, you build stuff to cover cloud. You build stuff to cover uh, microservices. You build stuff to cover containers. You build stuff to cover SaaS. But 
aren't you then not endpoint centric anymore in this case? In this case. So in any case, that gets pretty philosophical. At, at that point, you kind of fall into that second camp of saying- uh, oh. Correct, correct. If you build three things and one of them is log collector, one, one of them is traffic collector, and one of them is endpoint, are you really an improved EDR? Uh, that's that, that to me is is a less likely sort of future. But the risk of the XDR as a bundle technology of focused bundle of technologies focused on detection and response is of course that it starts to look a little bit like a modern sim that does collect data from EDR, or at least it can. It does collect network metadata. And we're not here as then the representatives, but of course, Chronicle, uh, my original home at Google Cloud collects endpoint metadata, collects EDR traces, connects Sysmon, connects uh, traffic metadata from Zeek, and connects, connects, collects logs, of course. So does it mean that by that definition we're XDR? Uh, that that's, would be a little strange. Now, some people, when asked about the definitional elements of XDR, they bring up the R and they say XDR is about response. But of course, they immediately collide with SOAR. Another cool Gartner acronym. So at this point, if you're looking for a, like a crisp answer from great analyst mind that I presumably possess, I'm not going to give it to you. I am really not sure. I I feel like the improved DDR camp is strong, but the XDR as a bundled detection and response tech is strong. XDR as an evolution of SIM camp is a little bit less strong, but it's there as well. Uh, they think of XDR as essentially the modern SIM combined with SOAR. And that also collects endpoint data, but they don't focus on the centrality of this. this. I've rambled for too much, so maybe we can... Uh, well, I was, I was going to so jump first to, by default, uh, like you know, from, from the moment I heard XDR, my thought process falls into the first camp. My thought process was uh -huh. we had anti-malware on the endpoints, you know, so we, we had the prevention. Along, you know, someone comes along and says, you know what, prevention's not good enough. Things are going to get mm -hmm. through. We need to be able to detect and respond quicker. So boom, now we have endpoint protection. Someone said, hey, let's mm -hmm. make sure we're looking at what's going on and respond to it. Then, then to, to me, there's a natural evolution from that to say, okay, but a lot of attacks are multifaceted and extend beyond the endpoint. So why don't we broaden our scope? And then, and then this is this actually kind of falls a little bit into your third camp then too, possibly, because you know, basically what I'm saying is you have to go beyond EDR to include the NDR aspect to say, look, let's look at the whole environment. Let's try to look at everything um, from that, you know, from that perspective. Um, but that that said, and, and this is where, where everything gets foggy and fuzzy. I also can see, you know, you know, the, the people have complained either 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 adamantly complained or strongly supported sim <laughs> for for many many years you know it's a it's a, it's a love hate relationship people have with sim mm -hmm. um and you know we've had this you know again sort of evolution from sim to soar for someone so someone to say well look you you you've you're you're collecting all these all this information you're you're detecting these events do something about it okay so now we've got soar yeah yeah um I feel like there is an argument to be made that, you know, XDR is also somewhat encompassing of an evolution of SIM and SOAR. Like if, if you did XDR right, you shouldn't need to also have a SIM or SOAR. 
that one is going to cause a lot of people in the audience, especially the vendors, to start, you know, hating you a little bit. Because uh, there's definitely a strong camp of the sim coexisting with XDR. But then, so imagine that. Imagine that you are proponent of the definition of XDR that does not latch onto EDR. And then can you then build a case that you coexist with sim? That's a really tough one because... If you are not an improved endpoint tech, but you are some kind of broad detection platform, the thoughts of SIM immediately come up. And coexistence becomes more of a stressful, eventual defeat of one tool at the hands of another. Kind of the analogy I've used to explain it to somebody was SIM and UEBA, a somewhat inelegant Gartner acronym for user and entity behavior analytics, which started from being nice little UBA but then became a less cool UEBA. So this E right. in the middle kind of annoys people. So the, the point is, SIM slaughtered Yuba. There's no more Yuba. Yuba is a feature of SIM. So if you start thinking of XDR as a technology that sort of does some of the things that are the same, it is very easy for me to imagine SIM killing it and absorbing it. Some, today, some SIMs can collect from agents. Some of the SIM vendors have their own agents. Some of the SIM vendors, many of the SIM vendors collect traffic metadata. So if, if XDR is a broad platform loosely connected to EDR, uh, it will have to defend, or rather attack the turf where SIM lives. I don't see how else it can happen. They're too similar. Well, and to... Um, I lost my thought a little bit, but you know, the, to, to your point earlier about how yeah, you know, if if you're purely going, you know, EDR, you know, from EDR to to XDR, if that if that, if you're mm -hmm. in that camp, then you run into, you know, you possibly run into some challenges. Or like, okay, well, now I've got this SaaS application, I've got this cloud platform, I've got these other things out there that maybe are not part of that evolution. Um, and and that's an area where I feel like you know, sim by definition is sort of like, all right, well, we're gonna we're gonna take all the signals from all the places. And and try to help you, you know, d detect what's going on. Um, bringing it back, and, and, and again, I'm not trying to make this a, a, a chronicle pitch session, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like chronicle itself or what Google is doing kind of straddles that line, you know, because the the whole point is like ingest basically ingesting everything. It's like there, there's just all the data, um, and and the ability to you know, parse and analyze that data at scale in real time um, that I think makes a difference. And if, and if you can do that, and, and I, you know, I, I guess I, I can't say for sure, does that mean that SIM ate XDR or that XDR ate SIM? <laughs> but, but, there, but there does seem to be a convergence. Yes, correct. With the, if you, if you unlatch XDR from EDR and unlatch, I don't mean not have EDR. I mean stop using EDR as a defining pillar. Then a lot of opportunities open up, but your fight with SIM is expected to be, you know, to the death of one technology. Well, to merger of them, but ultimately, SIM market today is depending upon who you ask, three billion markets. XDR market today is roughly zero. Would be a fair assessment, right? And so if you have a $3 billion market and you have a roughly zero 
billion million dollar market, I, I, I would be easy for me to bet on Sim to win. So, so in that regard, the idea that they would merge is a strong idea. We just have to watch how it will happen. Will EDR, will, sorry, will XDR eat SIM? Will SIM eat XDR? Will they merge as even partners? I don't know. They're all possible. Um, all right. Well, without naming names, I'm not going to ask you to like, you know, pick, pick and choose winners, but um, uh, as you've worked with all of these products and vendors uh, you know, with XDR Demo Forum, are there approaches that resonate better with you? Are there things that you think, uh, like ones that are clearly, you know, doing what you think they should be doing or, 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 or are there any that like you think just kind of missed the mark? Mm, okay. So I think that vendors mm. who are observing that clients want simpler, effective, less friction prone detection straight out of the box are definitely seeing the right things. Like, like what they're building as a result is a separate story. We'll get to that. But to me, the fact that some of the XDR vendors who focus on pre-integrated bundle of stuff, strong out-of-the-box content, not just relying on logs, perhaps not just relying on endpoint telemetry, but kind of delivering a tool set that has robust detections for many threats from day one. Sure, as, as somebody pointed out in the recent social media discussion, you would not have reliable out-of-the-box content for the top-tier APTs and threat actors. This is just silly. They're top-tier for, the, for a reason. But <clears throat> XDRs that package a lot of detection content that mostly work out-of-the-box, that don't require a very heavy multi-source log integration, to me, are doing something right because they're running on a very real client need. It's a client who has a team of five and out of five, three are spent keeping the sim up. Like that's crazy. Of course, I live in Google Cloud land and Chronicle land. I live in a SaaS software as a service sim land. There's no maintenance required. And that's, that too, that's why I, think, I feel like the software as a service sim is definitely the future. But if you're living with an premise sim, you spend too much time maintaining it. So for that team, if somebody gives them cloud cloud backended detection tool set that just works, that backends to the cloud, collects endpoint data, collects some logs, give them robust out-of-the-box detections, giving them some response as a result, that's a great platform. I want that. Like I want something that works. I want flexibility as well. So I want to be able to write my own detections later on as i mature as my soft matures as my team matures but ultimately pre-built pre-integrated bundled effective tool set that just works and doesn't rely only on logs is can win some markets so my former colleagues at gartner point out that this type of outline for xdr is an effective solution for smaller enterprises maybe not smb but think of smaller enterprises i think that's a great argument right if if I have a very resource-constrained team, I may not be building my own data lake, by God, and I might not even be buying a commercial SIM. Right. That's too hard for me. I want something that works. I want something that gives me some power to detect threats. To me, that's a good winning vision. Not the only vision, but it's a, it's a good winning vision for XDR. Okay. Um Taking that back a little bit to to something you you said earlier on about you know that you have some that 
are you know kind of focused on ingesting logs. Some are looking at traffic. Some are looking at logs and traffic, et cetera. I, I believe you said something like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it seems to me uh, that you 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 would want or need both. Um, that uh, like I feel like and and and, and cor correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like ingesting and analyzing log data is reactive it's it's you're you're looking at things that are they already happened that's why they're in the log um you know and 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 even you know even if you're doing it as fast as possible you're still looking at things that already occurred and got logged as opposed to looking at active you know behavior and active uh act you know things that things that are going on in real time on the network which i think is where the you know looking at the traffic part comes in um i um i think reactive is uh, sort of using reactive as insulting or as negative to me is just silly because to me if you react in 200 days and if you react in 0.5 seconds there's a huge difference and to me we are the defenders we react that's what we do so to me i I, I hate it when vendors use the term reactive as kind of a negative because they say, I, I know what they're setting up for. They're setting up for like, we are proactive. All these other losers are reactive. But to me, this is silly. We're all reactive. We react to threats, but the losers react in 200 days. The winners react in microseconds or milliseconds or seconds, frankly. Yeah. But to me, the reacting fast and reacting well is the winning recipe. And if you react well from logs or from endpoint traces or from traffic, you still win. But if you react slowly or you don't react, then you lose. I think proactive is a decent marketing term. Nobody knows what it means. And you clearly would not detect an attacker before they show up. <laughs> proactive maybe is hardening. I built higher walls. People have trouble climbing them. Maybe that's proactive. But proactive detection is just an idiotic contradiction. If they aren't here, how I'm going to detect them? Right. Proactively. I, 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 I'm going to have to look this up so I can try to try to give it proper credit uh, when I publish this. But there was many years ago someone, and I want to say it was a stand-up comedian uh, that that did this. But it was a very good thing that that uh, juxtaposed react versus respond, uh -huh. and and how. In theory, they're similar words. They're synonyms for each other. You're 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 doing sort of the same thing. It's just that react by definition has a negative connotation, and respond has a good one. Like if you if a doctor gives you a new drug and you react to it, that's bad. Yeah. If you respond, you respond to it as well, it's good. That means you're probably. That, that's a, that is a good one. I I, I like it, but <clears throat> and I think it highlights the fact that we have we have to respond, but we kind of probably shouldn't react like to me like a, if there's an incident and what you do first you panic is this is panic your incident response plan probably not panic is how you react <laughs> well it, it may not be the stated re incident response plan but i think it is the incident response plan reason <laughs> we care to admit um but uh but yeah i mean i think it, you know the different you know i th i think that it is that is a good distinction between those two words like react is sort of like uh, you know, something happens and you just 
instinctively, you know, do something, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, I don't know, now I lost my thought again, but you know, whereas respond is you've, you, you kind of like have analyzed the situation and you, 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 you do something intentional to, to, you know, take action. Yes. And probably that's where, uh, uh, the R in EDR and XDR and, and MDR is not a react. It's, it's, it's respond, which means you're hopefully responding with some thought, with some automation, and with some effectiveness rather than just you reacting. Imagine that you built a, I mean, in detect and react. You see a threat because you detect and then you react by panicking. That's a kind of useless technology, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, so to... I'm going to shift this uh, the the conversation a little bit, but you know one of the the the, the conversation of react and respond kind of leads me to uh, stuff oh. about ransomware. You know, this this year's it's been the year of ransomware. Uh, I, you know, I just got uh, the like third quarter report uh, from SonicWall where they, they according to their report, there's a 148 percent increase year over year in uh, in ransomware attacks, and they they're they're their projection is there will be like nearly 715 million the you know, ransomware attacks by the end of the year um and so the the reason that that ties back to this is that i i think that they they when when you're fighting ransomware like reacting doesn't you know like once you're encrypted but here's the good news you can't not react <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I was I was starting I was starting to like to stop myself from saying that because my my point is just once it gets to the point where they 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 the, the attacker the threat actor hits go and you're you know they've exfiltrated your data your data is encrypted you're you're you you have no good options left on the table like you're you know you can you can pay the ransom that's a bad option uh and not only because it's expensive but because uh you know uh, you know our, our 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 survey earlier this year from cyber reason found that something like 80 percent of companies who were hit by a ransomware attack and paid the ransom ended up getting hit again it's like your name goes on a list of Whoa, you know, suckers who pay 80 percent that was the, that's the survey cow this needs to be plastered all over the media how come what is your marketing department doing? I hope it's not just you, but <laughs> but that that's a that's like that's a big number that I want seen everywhere. That if you pay, eighty percent of those who pay pay more than once or something. Wow. Or at least we're hit again. I don't know if they paid the second. Yeah, we're hit again, and I mean, what, what would they do? Like defend the second time? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, and and you know, so like I said, so so your options are limited at that point. But mm -hmm. the way that ransomware works now, as opposed to you know, like. Five six years ago, it was you know I feel like it was it was just a different form of malware. You know you got to yes correct correct that's very true. It's stuff it's, they ask for ransom. Right. Now most of these attacks are m more sophisticated. They're 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 you know getting a foothold in the network. They're doing reconnaissance. It's spreading out. There's time for you to detect that they're in your network and do something before the encryption. Yeah, yeah, yes. I think that's actually, this is funny because the podcast episode I did with Sam Curry, right, from Cyber Reason, uh, where Sam almost retrained me to say ransom ops and not ransomware, because it's really, we are not dealing with malware, we are dealing with an operation designed to extract ransom from people. So it's almost like the threat should be called ransom ops, not 
ransomware, because where implies I'm going to buy the tool that stops it. But ransom ops implies you have to start your own operation to stop their operation, right? So this shifts the mind to procedures and processes and hand-to-hand combat a little bit, but <laughs> not to stopping it with software. And that's a fair distinction. And I think, you know, if, if you were to go look at like, you know, these 715 million, you know, things that uh, SonicWall claims have hit this year, I, I would venture to say that a lot of them probably are still the old fashioned ransomware. Like I think ransomware still exists where like, you know, just like low level, it just comes in, it encrypts and, and, and it's done. But you also have the, you know, uh, our evils and the dark sides and the Contis and the, you know, the, and these, 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 you know, ransomware as a service and these ransomware gangs, they are, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a full end to end business with customer service departments and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and accounts payable and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, so it is, it's a, it's a, it's a complete operation. And, and, you know, like I said, they have to, they have to be in your network for some period of time, you know, I mean, you know, to in order to find and extract the data that they're going to use mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the double and triple extortion elements of this of this attack, so that so they could try to make sure you pay the ransom and you don't just restore from backups, um, you know. So so you know that that's that's your opportunity to uh, you know see that there's something going on and respond and take action before it gets to the point where your data is encrypted. Yes, yes. And that's why, to me, that with ransomware, you need anti-ransomware, right? But with ransom ops, you need to detect the operation early enough. Mm-hmm. You need to cut the kill chain, all the fun stuff. So it sort of brings it back to detection response. And of course, if you respond into 100 days, you'll get a ransom notice way before that. So it's rather pointless. But it does motivate us to do respond quickly and respond well so that you are not, uh, the, their operation doesn't succeed. To me, this is a really good mindset. And I've liked it. I've, I've been making jokes of people who uh, basically want to buy anti-ransomware when they hear ransomware. Uh, and for these people, you need to retrain them. that it's not ransomware. It's kind of ransom ops. So as a funny aside, uh, Virus Total, that we, that's part of Google as well, have done uh, pretty amazing work in, in this. And they've published a report, uh, Ransomware in Global Context, where they kind of go into not just malware, but into some of this like operational stuff. This to me is very fun. It's not about how many samples you have and what are the hashes, but it's more it's about more- like, what do they do? What are their business plans? Well, and one of the things that I, so I've, I've seen this virus total report, and one of the things I thought was really interesting in there is, again, you know, like, you know, I, I, I think of, and I think a lot of people tend to think of ransomware as it's a, it's a malicious executable. Uh, but yes. but the virus total uh, report found that 95% of ransomware were actually just Windows executables. They're they're, they're just you know DLLs and they're you know, they're not actually exploits. You know like so the exploit is just them phishing credentials or or finding some way to get into your network. But once they're in, it's not it's not malware. They're just mm-hmm. They're they're just using regular Windows. Yeah, they're working on their goals. Like that's the that's the thing. Their their operation proceeds to their goal. That's the that's the mindset that helps you fight them the right way and not just like by buying more tools. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, as we as, as we start to wind down, I did want to ask you a, a completely unrelated question because I'm going to be in the market next year. Uh, so I know when you were in the market, you uh, had had 
had solicited opinions online about uh, Tesla. Um, uh, and you, you got your Tesla, you loved your Tesla, but then, but then a little while back you did a road trip and you were like, all right, you know, there are, there, <laughs> there, there, there are maybe some, some things to, to work out still in terms of like, if you're on a 600 mile road trip, making sure you know where the charging stations are kind of thing. So like, what are, what are your thoughts on, on that? Okay, good. So this is, uh, you're right. I, I, I do have a Tesla and I still love it and I would keep it and I would probably buy a next one or lease the next one. But one thing is uh, sort of a little bit about ransomware versus ransom ops. The analogy is like the machine, the technology is amazing. I do feel every day like it's a car from the future. And uh, I, I'm reading some materials like some other car maker wants to think of maybe using phone as a key. And I'm like, have they got the memo? Is this what Tesla was doing for like three years? So like this really feels like a car from a future. But the infrastructure is still a little, to, to my mind, on the EFI side. For commutes, amazing. If I'm going down to Carmel Valley, that's not 600 miles. That's way less. Like I do need to think a lot more about how and where I would charge. Like, like, Charging at home, easy. Charging at work, easy. Charging during the commute somewhere midway where you know where things are. I don't do that, but I know some people do. Easy. But if you're going for a, to a beach thinking, I'm going to take a 15-minute detour through a neighborhood with traffic to charge for 15 minutes, uh, mm. I can see how people would say no to that. And I have one person in my family, my wife specifically, who very clearly says no to that. And so if you have a baby in the car and you have to charge for 15 minutes, you have to go somewhere for 15 minutes, you have to maybe wait in line for a charger. Didn't happen to us, but happened to other people. I'm starting to see how people would say it's not ready for prime time from the infrastructure point of view. And when I said it on Facebook, people said, dude, you're so spoiled. I have some other electric brand of a car that has half of your mileage of your Tesla and have no superchargers. So how would were I to, I to live? Right. And I'm like, I don't know, buy a gas powered car. <laughs> well, and I was gonna say, you, you know, that your whole experience is somewhat um, skewed by the fact that you live in California, because I think California has, you know, far more charging station opportunities. I mean, I, they're, they're actually surprisingly, uh, many of them are around mm -hmm. Houston, uh, you know, here, uh, which is, you know, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the oil capital of the United States. Uh, <laughs> they obviously want you to buy gas cars, but, uh, you know, the, a lot of places you go, you go to the mall, you go to a restaurant, you know, there are charging stations, you know, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. But uh, wait, 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 that would charge eight hours to charge your car. But on a particular trip, you may see one supercharger and that's your one choice. Imagine if something happens there. Imagine there's a lightning strike. You're going somewhere, and if you route through a Tesla app, you see one supercharger. What if something happens? Are you going to be slow charging for eight hours somewhere? Right. I don't know. I'm... Yeah, still, I'm, I'm debating it. Yeah, we've been in the the the, the hybrid market for a long time. I mean, I've had Priuses. Uh, right now, I have a, a Hyundai Ionic. Um, you know, so it's like I I, I want the I want the benefits of the extended mileage from the electric part, but uh, but I still like being able to go to a gas station. <laughs> so, 
All right. Well, with that, uh, I want to uh, just you know thank you for joining me. I think it was a, it was a great conversation. I'm not I, I, I'm not I'm not walking away from this with any uh, clear definition of XDR, but it was a great conversation nonetheless. Yeah, I'll send you some links, and hopefully, it would send people down to explore their path to define it. I don't think we have a crisp definition yet. Yet. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Take care. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions you'd like to see answered in future posts.